Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Jordana Levine, and you're listening to the Inspired Table Podcast. Each week, you'll be led down an inspired path of curiosity as I chat to some of my favorite soul-centered folk about the things that inspire me daily in the hope that some of that juicy inspiration will rub off on you. So pour yourself your favorite cuppa and take a seat at my table. I promise you'll leave happier, healthier, and bursting with inspiration. Alex Stewart and I have been conversing for what seems like a really long time now, but we've never actually met in the flesh. I've followed her work for a number of years. Um, She is one of the most engaging public speakers that I've ever had the pleasure of sitting down and listening to. Um, She is exceptionally engaging, so passionate, and boy, does this woman know her stuff. And what is her stuff? Toxins. And reducing them for a healthier planet and a healthier you. Her online course, Low Tox Life, is a must-do for anyone wanting to switch and ditch the nasties across all of their day-to-day choices. She shares expert knowledge, practical tips, and the most valuable part, in my opinion, are the honest product recommendations. So you don't have to spend countless hours and dollars making haphazard guesses when it comes to the health of you and your family. Now, before we dive in, a little bit of trivia for you is that Alex and I went to the same high school, albeit we graduated a few years apart. But the reason I'm letting you know is because I actually reference it in the first 30 seconds of the interview. And I thought you might like a little bit of context because we were actually talking about it before we went live. Um, Oh, and one more thing. There's a bunch of very useful links in the show notes of this episode that Alex and I discussed throughout the interview. So make sure you check them out over on the blog, theinspiredtable.com.au forward slash blog. I hope you enjoy this interview with the beautiful Alex Stewart. Let's start at the beginning. What okay. were you what were you doing before Low Tox Life? What did you do when you left King Copple Rose Bay? Oh, gosh, that was a long time ago. So I left school. Okay, so let's work this out. 93. We're now 24 years out of school. Okay, yeah. Um, so went to uni uh, because I kind of thought I had to, even though I had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do. So I did arts. As anyone yeah, which we all had did, no yeah. idea what they wanted to do. <laughs> Um, But I majored in European political science and modern languages. So there was a focus and I did have this idea that I'd be maybe um, moving into uh, international relations, diplomacy, that kind of stuff. 
was always quite a diplomatic person, still am. Um, and uh, But then I found out you had to live in kind of really dangerous countries for probably about the first 15 years before things got a bit nicer and, um, and learned about a whole bunch of other stuff that just made me like repel. And I've always been very, um, very aware of my instinct so as soon as um i feel like i need to repel something i'm usually spot on and i was just like oh no no, that's not what i want to do at all that's absolutely not what i want to do and i moved into only because a girlfriend of mine suggested she said you're always so helpful and you're always every time you use a product we always find out what it is everyone gets on board why don't you move into cosmetics because you know then you can recommend things and and um and have a great time and I was 21 and I thought oh that'd be amazing so I um started with a really beautiful well-known Japanese cosmetic house and um then moved to uh the top like prestigious French um cosmetic company and I won't use names because basically um what I then found out many years later was (laughs) all the crap that's in all of those luxury cosmetics um so and I'm not into bagging brands I'm always much more into uplifting the brands that are awesome uh and so um and I had a beautiful time, you know, when I worked for the French company, because I spoke French, I got promoted really young um, to look after the whole of the French Pacific, as well as um, some key accounts in Australia for the travel retail market. So I worked in duty free. And this is when duty free was really exciting. Um, and, uh, you know, the Asian market was huge. And it yeah. was just incredible um, uh, industry to be in. Um, really, really fun. And, um and so I was traveling to Tahiti and New Caledonia and Vanuatu on business class, you know, as a 22, 23 year old and, um, and having what I thought was the time of my life, but it started to feel really empty pretty quickly. And in retrospect, of course, I know that that was ego making me think that was all awesome rather than any sense of true calling. You know, when other people tell you, you're going to be great at this, you do this, you get a promotion, you get a raise, you know, that's feeding your ego. Um, but that's a very uh, short-lived high. Um, so you really have to feel a deep sense of purpose and connection in your work, which is something I, of course, know now. Back then I didn't know that. So I was one of those people who, um, through enthusiasm, just being a generally enthusiastic person, would run up to the top of the mountain in anything I did and then go, I don't want to be at the top of this mountain. This sucks. <laughs> Jump off the mountain. So I left cosmetics right at the height of a very bright career, but it just – it actually made – I felt allergic to it towards the end. I just mm. felt – horrible about being there didn't like going to work at all and and started to be conscious of negativity that I was spreading in the office environment and so I left and did what anyone would do which is become a jazz singer <laughs> nightclub oh did singer. you oh my yes. goodness love this so, story already I used to sing in clubs and uh, you know at three in the morning with DJs and yeah, did wow. French Frenchy vocals and things it was great fun had the best quarter life crisis and um, and then obviously singing is great, but if you've got two or three singing gigs a week, it certainly doesn't pay the rent. No. Uh, and certainly not to the kind of lifestyle that I was accustomed after having quite a big salary quite young. Mm. And so I realized, well, I need to do something else. And the bartenders always used to make me try their little cocktails that they'd come up with, um, you know, and I'd be sitting there for two hours in between sets. So you became friends with everybody in the clubs and... Um, and I thought, oh, I might give bartending a go. 
And I was always just so used to sticking my neck out saying, I want to work on this, I want to work for this, and I want to do this, um, hire me, and always getting a yes. But in the uh, drinks industry, I got all these no's, you're too highly experienced in this area, and you have absolutely no experience in drinks. But can't you teach anybody how to make a cocktail? You can't teach everybody how to relate to people well, and that part I know. But needless to say, got rejected by all the top places uh, and then ended up having to like be a, a door bitch in a nightclub and then work my way in that way and then became a manager in that nightclub and then got poached for the best cocktail bar in Australia, which I ended up running for about three years, Lotus, which is now closed. What a way yeah. to feel old. Lotus, what that was on, um, what was that on, Victoria Street, was it? Chalice, Chalice Avenue, oh. yeah. Yeah. In so the cross. Just around the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, pop- yeah. Okay. Just next to Fratelli Paradiso. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. And we just had the best time there. My team was amazing and I sort of got to bring all the smarts from the corporate world into the hospitality world and won a bunch of cocktail competitions, got flown around the world and became a really well-known bartender. Yeah, Completely random. Crazy. Totally fell into it. But loved it. It was so much fun. Um, but again, you know, climbed to the top of that mountain and thought, well, there's nothing to sustain me here. I've done everything I need to do. I've proven to myself that I can do this and get to the top. And now what do I do? Mm. And so I started consulting, um, in the hospitality industry training. I'm really passionate, still passionate about, um, teams and culture and how we create motivated teams, especially for young millennials, um, you know, to help people realize how, in hospitality, you learn every possible skill for the rest of your life that you will ever need in any industry that you Agreed. go on to work in. Yeah. So it's really important to skill up now and pay attention and give your best because you never know where this is going to go. And uh, and so I started doing that kind of work and, and it was absolutely lovely. And I've actually, to this day, kept a couple of my favorite clients just because I love working with them. But... Um, but right through that kind of time, I was um, pregnant, I had my son, and I'd already sort of had to go gluten-free and was aware of food and things like that because of um, tonsillitis that I'd had loads and loads of times that made me discover naturopathy. Um, and and she was just an incredible woman who uh, set me straight on a number of fronts and, and guided me on the food front. But back in, you know, 14, 13 years ago, there was absolutely no awareness or knowledge being passed on or talked about when it came to um, environmental toxins and lowering your toxic load. And, you know, you wouldn't see a naturopath 14 years ago and have them tell you, are there any parabens or sodium lauryl sulfates in your creams at home? That's just not a question that was asked. Mm. Still today, hardly ever, um, even though the awareness is much better now. But when I had my son, it was this real awakening that, that I call it the second wave of my awareness where I was like, what is all this? St- I remember being at the baby shower and seeing and getting these gifts, you know, Johnson and Johnson, things like that, and and going, what what's in here? And, and like, I just became the biggest, most like curious mind. I had to know everything that was going to possibly be going on this small child's body, little yeah. bot bot, and um and I was horrified. I was absolutely horrified. And then again, when he was about five, six months old, when I went shopping in the supermarket for a few like little emergency pots and things for the car for travel, because we travel quite a bit, um, I thought I'll get some food. And again, I was like, oh my God, what is all this stuff? And, you know, it was just such, having him was really um, 
the awakening I needed to realize all the skills I'd built up in all the career choices I'd made so far, which was all education, motivation, positivity, uh, relating to lots of different types of people, bringing everybody together, all that stuff needed to be in the health space. Yeah. And um, and so I started writing and sharing things and, you know, cliche, you start just sharing things with your family and friends and then all of a sudden some random stranger on the internet comments on your blog and you're like, <laughs> what? Who are you? And then someone suggests you need a Facebook page and, and off it went in 2012. Yeah, wow. Um, so it's been, it's been five years now. It sure has. Yeah. yeah. And it's a bit yeah. of a it's a bit of a vortex that health stuff, isn't it? Because once you start to notice a few things, then you start to look at more labels and then before you know it, you've chucked everything out in the house and nothing's good enough for your baby's bot bot. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. And you, you then have to make the discovery. It's kinda like when mm. I first went gluten free and everything was cardboard and I was like, Oh my <laughs> goodness, this is a sentence for life and I'm gonna yeah. be so miserable and I even cried a couple of times. So anyone out there who's had to go gluten free and found it really tricky in that first few months, please know that I too um had a meltdown or two or five. Um yeah. <laughs> Well I guess the thing is there like you said before, there's a lot more resources out there now for this sort of stuff. So, and yeah. yeah. And essentially, that's what you've done now with Low Tox Life, right? You've created a resource or a go-to guide for people to be able to tackle this stuff and it not feel so overwhelming. Did it come from your own sort of uh, flapping about, floundering research when you first started getting interested in this stuff where you thought, hang on, maybe other people could use this info? Oh, absolutely. I couldn't believe. Well, A, I had to shop in five billion different places just to do a small like yeah. weekly shop. Yeah. B, I had to read a book from the library, order some obscure books from America online, uh, find random bits of research here and there on Google. You know, everything was everywhere and it seemed to take about a day just to figure out what shampoo was going to be okay. And, uh, and I just thought, this is ridiculous. And, um, and the other thing I, um, the other reason I packaged it into a course rather than just continuing to blog lots of free stuff, um, there's plenty of free stuff to get people started, don't get me wrong, but um, on the blog that is, but the reason I turned it into a course was that I realized, um, you know, like many women do, I was up till one in the morning answering people's private questions and often it was the same questions over and over again. You know, what I'm shopping for a kettle. What do I do? What do I look for? How do yeah. I do that? And I was thinking, gosh, I'm doing all of this and helping make people's lives so much easier and better. And yet I'm miserable, exhausted <laughs> and, um, and not earning any money anymore because I'm not doing paid work. Yeah. And, and I just don't think that's healthy. You know, I'm always super transparent about having a business, trying to grow a little business because if you grow your business, you can do more good um, in the world and, and that's really important to me. And um, and value for and in exchange for someone's time is really important to me as well. Um, so when you're in the business of changing lives, then it stands to reason that, that people should uh, pay you for that mm. service and pay you for the simplicity of being able to do it all uh, in one place and not only that I just I kind of realized 
that the mindset part was such a huge part of it and the overwhelm was such a massive thing for people out there on their own in the internet land. Um, whereas when you bring everybody together on one platform, doing one course in one private support group, magic happens. There's no overwhelm. There's no panic. There isn't allowed to be because we're all talking all the time. Yeah. And so when you know you think of going low tox, you think, okay, I'm sort of my food, I now know where my food comes from. What am I putting on my skin? Sorted that out. What am I putting around my home? What am I breathing in? All that kind of stuff. Then how is my mindset while I'm doing all these things? Am I starting to feel OCD? Am I <laughs> am I being too stressed? Am yeah. I am I taking things too seriously? You know, there's there's a lot of you, you know we can't sweat the small stuff, and you can't think that just because you haven't being able to use your low-tox shampoo because you forgot it and therefore you had to use some high-tox thing in a hotel once, that you failed. No, it's just nuts. that that And people think these things when you leave them out on their own on the internet. So I I did it, A, to create a business out of it um, and, and start to value my time more, but B, because I knew <laughs> how it felt for me to be out there on my own doing it all and how I wanted everybody to feel like there was a home to come and learn, to be together, to be super positive and, um, and to go low tox in a, in a group setting. And it was yeah. just like, just, I mean, we've, we're up to the, just finishing the eighth round next week. Wow. And it is amazing. I mean, every single round I learn something new from someone. You know, it's it's just the energy is incredible. I always feel like everyone ends up mates. And we're talking about 300 strangers on the internet from all mm. over the world. It's just nuts. It honestly blows my mind. I cry every time. Oh. <laughs> I get goosebumps. That's beautiful. It, That's beautiful. It's just, it, I just love, I love it. I love it in every sense of the word. It's just such a joy to do this work. So for everybody listening then, when we're talking about toxins, yeah. what, what kind of nasties are we talking about? Okay, so that would probably be like a 30-part. Um... Yes, let's narrow it down. <laughs> let's, so, let's, start with, let's start with toxins in the home because I think there's a lot of conversation about food and there's quite a bit of conversation about beauty. Yeah. But what about like cleaning products and appliances and cookware and that sort of stuff? Right. So um, starting with cleaning, just as you've said there, the most important things that we need to worry about with cleaning, just like with our shampoos and perfumes, is whether there are synthetic fragrances inside. So those are hormone disruptive chemicals um, inside. Um, you'll see p parfum or fragrance on your label, but hiding in there is most often something called a phthalate or a type of phthalate because there are quite a few of them. And these fiddle with our hormones. They send... Yeah. Um, uh, sort of fake hormone signals, if you like, in our body, which can, you know, I mean, any woman out there knows that it is hard enough to balance your hormones on the best of days, let alone bringing in products that are then, you know, muddying the waters even more for our own body signals. So I'm passionate about helping people get these out of their system and cleaning products are no exception. Most people even wipe down countertops with their um, sprays and things without gloves on. So not only are you breathing it into your lungs, but you're also getting it through your skin. And um, the the most important thing is to try and find natural products that are fragrance-free uh, or at least use um, essential oils as their um, cleaning products, uh, as their fragrances. And, you know, like the thing with going low-tox, everyone's like, oh, my gosh, it's going to be this huge expense. Mm. 
there is something for everyone in yeah. that category, just as there is with natural with um, mainstream stuff. You're always going to have the brands that are. Um, you know, for Zhuzhi people wanting to tell themselves they use luxury everything and you're always going to have those beautiful DIY solutions that you can knock up in 30 seconds that cost you next to nothing. Yeah. I have a question for you, Alex. If a, mm. if a cleaning product was to say good for the earth or environmentally friendly, <laughs> that doesn't yep. necessarily mean it's good for us, does it? No, no. unfortunately it does not. Uh, fake naturals are a category unto their own. They're people who tend to put things like all natural on the label yeah. or or a picture of a planet Earth. Yes. <laughs> um, or maybe some like green grass sketched, you know, along the bottom of the bottle, all sorts yeah. of things <laughs> that you see. And, uh, and for example, I know a very well-known supermarket brand. It's really, really cheap and it gets everybody every time. Um, when they, you know, the number one thing people say when they do the course in the first week is like, oh my gosh, I thought I was green. Clearly I've still got a lot, a lot to learn that, mm. that, you know, blew my mind. And, um, and you know, how horrible that these brands are tricking people, you know, well-meaning people thinking I want to do good for my, um, myself, my family and the planet. And I thought I was, but it turns out I'm not. And that's a yucky feeling. It's a horrible feeling. Yeah. I think also people, well, I say this from experience, I think people get this sort of like sense of guilt when they think, oh, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make over my home. But what about the, the 30 years before when I've been surrounded by these cleaning products, you know, like yeah. how much damage have I done to myself and my kids? Yeah. And that's a totally natural reaction to have. Uh, I always call it the the freak out day, yeah. um, but and and I think we should indulge in that freak out day, but we should never let it go past a day mm. because the thing is, what's done is done. We can only do the best we know how to do at the time with the knowledge that we have, and we've just got to get excited about what we are going to do from now on instead. And when it comes to damage, um, you've got fat soluble um, chemicals. Uh, they're a bit trickier and take a bit longer to get rid of because they are in our fat stores. Mm. Um, but you've also got water-soluble chemicals and they literally, from the moment you stop using nasties, um, start to leave the body within days. So you can have some great short-term effects, kind of like smoking and quitting smoking. Some great stuff happens in the first couple of months in terms of physiological physiological recovery, but then some things take up to five years. And that's kind of the same with toxins. Yeah. Okay. So, so if you were to start, if you were to start immediately, you would start to see some effects. Do you think that people see physical effects in their body? Do you think people are feeling things that they shouldn't be feeling because of the toxins in their homes? Oh, absolutely. You know, most people don't realize how good they're designed to feel, right? And it's not until you start doing different stuff um, and lowering your toxic load uh, that you realize just how much more energy you could have or mm. that you actually don't need to pop all those Panadols that you were popping because turns out it was the fragrances giving you the migraines and all sorts of things, yeah. So what are some practical tips then for making over your cleaning cupboard? Uh, well, my favorite thing is to just go really, really simple. Um, the world likes to think, make us think that we need some tiny variant of a product to have like 12 different products in our cupboards mm. for, for everything. And uh, I just think stick to having a good dish liquid 
Um, whether you use a beautiful Castile soap like Dr. Bronner's or whether you use um, a wonderful Eco Store or things like that, and um, and a good multi-purpose spray, again, whether you use a brand or whether you just whack some vinegar and water and a few essential oils in a bottle and use that. Um, and, uh, and, and that's really as, as much as you need for, for your cleaning because you can use that multi-purpose, um, you know, unscrew it, dr- uh, dribble a bit on the floor and use that as your floor cleaner as well. It's not complicated and yet we seem to think we need to buy a different product for every possible scenario. Those damn supermarket chains. Uh, I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I mean, you know, we bought into it and it's I think one of the most important things we can do in this in this whole um, exploration is to realise just how affected by marketing we've been and just how much that message of convenience and um, and a brand coming to your rescue has affected us. And to sort of peel back that noise, start simple and then, you know, build yourself back up as a critical thinker moving forward. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier about um, swapping a kettle, a woman asking you about swapping a kettle. So should we be looking at the appliances in our home as well? And what should we be looking out for? Oh, for sure. So, I mean, the basic rule of thumb is that you don't really want to keep any water in plastic at all, let alone have it heating up in a a kettle. And a lot of people think, oh, my kettle's stainless steel, though. But if you look at the spine where the measures of the cups are, um, quite often that'll be plastic and that's in contact with the inside. Um, An all-glass kettle or an all-cast-iron kettle like the beautiful Le Creuset ones or those sorts of brands are really what you want to go for in kettle land. Okay, so a kettle on the stove. Mm, I love it. Yeah, Yeah, it's totally cool. I've had it for years and it's the best. (laughs) Makes you feel like you've got a granny kitchen. It's really good. (laughs) And and, um, non-stick cookware, that's a big one, hey? Mm. So you, you definitely don't want any PFOAs or PTFEs. Um, on your um, on your frying pan coatings, and now you've got some amazing brands like Solid Techniques, which is an Australian-made, Australian-owned brand. Mark um, Henry is a an engineer, and he creates these beautiful um, cookware appliances. They're actually bringing out a nickel-free stainless steel um, saucepan as well. Oh wow! Yeah, really beautiful range. So I would definitely opt for something like that, and just get rid of that Teflon. Any of the um, any of those non-stick cookwares that are selling themselves as non-stick, the baking trays, all of it, it's um, it's just not great. And I've actually got, I'll send you the link, um, Jordana, because oh, I've got great. a whole link on a blog post that I did on Teflon and non-stick um, a few years ago on the blog, and it just references everything for you. Oh, amazing. And I can put that in the show notes. That would be great. Now that we've been talking about cookware, let's talk a little bit about food because I know that another big part of low tox is this whole idea of reducing waste. In what ways do you think that people can start to reduce waste when it comes to food and how do we how do we go about doing that? The most important thing we can do is to not overbuy in the first place um, because I, I think often our eyes are bigger than our stomachs mm. and uh, my favorite thing to do is to just go shopping after you've eaten a meal so right after breakfast or right after lunch because then you're not hungry and feeling like you need to put everything in the basket so that's my number one 
Number two on the food waste front is to freeze things, even leftovers, if you're not sure when you're going to be able to eat it. Like just have a look at your next two days after dinner and you've got a few things left over and think, you know what, I'm out tomorrow night. I've got that lunch with so-and-so on Thursday. I'm just going to pop this in the freezer and it can go into a soup later. And that way it doesn't get wasted because quite often we're just in denial. We think, oh, yeah, I'll eat that tomorrow. Oh, yeah, I'll eat that the next hour. And then it ends up going either in the bin, worst case scenario, or if you've got a wonderful council that collects um, green waste in the green bin or if you've got a compost at home, ideal, um, in your compost. But still all very expensive when it could have gone into nourishing you. So, um, So don't fall for the two-for-one bunches of kale or lettuce or whatever it is that's on special if you've got a really busy week and you're barely going to be at home. You know, things. it's just about bringing your critical thinking back and shopping a couple of days at a time rather than doing these ginormous weekly shops. And look, you know, if there's someone out there listening who's got four kids and it's a big family situation and it's busy, 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 then, you know, maybe try and just shop twice a week. But I really feel like when you shop a little bit more regularly, you're more realistic about what you actually need. And I always look in my basket and think, do I really need all of that? Actually, those two things can go back because this week we're just not going to have, I'm not going to have time to create a recipe or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, And then to make the most of what you've used, all those tops and tails of veggies can go in stocks instead of in the compost or bin. All of, um, I mean, gosh, there are so many things we can do, right? Um, All of the times that you think, oh, I'm bored of this beef that we had two nights ago. I can't bear the thought of heating it up again. Make a beautiful soup Mm. and, you know, change it up. Um, Add some spices to it with some fried onion uh, so that it kind of gives it a new lease on life. And uh, and you just... I think that actually, you know what? I reckon the number one way you can reduce your food waste is simply by becoming aware of food waste. Absolutely. I think you're right. I think that's the big trigger. And I think that with shopping, a lot of people buy the same things every week without kind of taking stock take of what happened last week when they didn't go through it all. Mm -hmm. And they just keep rebuying and rebuying and rebuying. So maybe kind of thinking, well, how much are we actually eating every week? You know, how much are we actually throwing out? Maybe, maybe it's time this week to just buy a little bit less. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, and and just get creative with those leftovers and try and make the most of them the next day because mm. freshness, of course, is life force. Yeah. Um, but uh, if you're not sure whether you're going to be able to use it in the next couple of days, chuck it in the freezer. Then you don't have to think about it for a little while. And the next time you make a soup or a stew, that's when you drag those sorts of things out and just pop them in there to, to fill things out. And you end up saving not only the planet but so much cash. Yeah, your pocket money. Totally. That's right. And mm. everyone, um, you know, gets so upset about, um, you know, I'm just about to do, uh, it'll probably actually be live by the time this one goes live with you, uh, a three-part series on genetically modified foods, glyphosate, organics, how to afford organics on my podcast, Low Tox Life. And, you know, uh, everyone gets a, a bit defensive about the suggestion to eat more organic food. But the reality is, folks, we are wasting one in five shopping bags. That is 20% of our weekly shop Mm. going down the drain. Um, You know, as I said, compost at best, but landfill at worst. And and that's just really crazy when if we could manage our stocks a bit better, then um, we could invest that money into upgrading 
quite a few items in our pantry. I mean, hello. It's just – or fridge. And, uh, and yeah, so it kind of – I'm really passionate about this topic. Yeah, I, re- I can tell. I reckon we can do it, folks. I'm always passionate about everything in this space, but I so, really reckon we can do it. What do you think then, only because you, you you have been a big part of the industry, what do you think bigger industries like the hospitality industry can do to start to reduce their carbon footprint and reduce waste? So in hospitality, um, it's, it's really interesting because you get a lot of um, issues with recycling. A lot of recyclers don't um pick up unless it's a certain amount that they get to pick up and a lot of small businesses can't afford the green waste recycling so um you're seeing though a lot more people thanks to Joost Baker who's you know been a real pioneer in this space for the hospitality industry in terms of using up everything again you know crazy fantastic experiments like using um, people's pee at the restaurant to then turn it into fuel to fire ovens. Yeah, crazy stuff. I'll I'll send you a couple of links so that people who are interested in in the nerdy, like cutting-edge stuff can check it out. Um, But uh, And and then using, you know, creating indoor in-house composters that um, compost really, really fast so that they can then plant... Um, you know, things in their little produce gardens just out the back of the restaurant and and use that for food for their diners. And there's some amazing things happening. But I think the number one thing that um, the the easy low-hanging fruit in hospitality is imagine if every bartender uh, raised awareness on straws and plastic straws. Mm. I mean, it blows my mind that every single straw that has ever been made still exists. No. Yeah, because it's plastic, right? Yeah. Still exists. And in that we're talking trillions of straws. Oh, and then there's the cocktails they put two straws in. I know. <laughs> I used to do it myself. So, and, you know, much to my now shame, but again, it's not about what you did yesterday. It's mm. about getting excited about what you're doing in the future. And so... Um, so what's the answer? Paper straws? Uh, well, there are some really cool bamboo straws coming out. Oh, there yeah. are some potato starch technology um, that uh, are compostable straws, um, wax straws, um, paper straws not so much. They tend to die in the butt pretty quickly. Um, but uh, Or how about no straws? Oh, got... controversial. <laughs> I, know, I know. It's a crazy concept, like lifting the glass to your mouth. To your lips. Uh-oh. And taking a sip. <laughs> Call me crazy. You are crazy. Yeah, just, okay, you're right. Once you start to look at it, you just you kind of see it everywhere, right? Really, really do. Mm. Bacardi is doing some great work with that overseas um, and here as well. Uh, so, you know, there are some really great initiatives that are starting to pop up. Um, but given we eat out more than we ever have, both here in America and the UK, uh, it stands to reason that we would then start to take on the responsibility as hospitality businesses to be more um, more passionate about recycling where we can, about composting where we can, about, uh, you know, well, chefs are amazing at food waste anyway. There's virtually none because they'll always use it in a big master stock or, yeah. um, you know, the off cuts and, and things um, or like, you know, cheaper cuts or ends go into staff meal. And, and so generally there's some really great things that have always happened just because 
of um, of chef knowledge and what they learn to do to, to make food costs stretch as, as far as possible. But I think bars really could have <laughs> got a long way to go, long yeah. way to go. And that's classic gotta go and what do you think what do you think about the coffee cups i mean there seems to be a real shift in the last year i would say oh there is it's exciting it's really exciting i have always well not always so probably let's call it about eight years i have either taken a reusable cup um or or a mug out and about with me and um and there's this one mug that I've had for ages that I often take out and it's it's cute. Like it looks like a little camping mug and it's got lovely jubbly written on it. And when I take this out, it is the biggest conversation starter. <laughs> you know, I'm always big on education and spreading the word, not being judgy and not being preachy and not being, you're doing something wrong and look yeah. at me, I'm amazing. Because that no one likes that. No one likes that. No. So if you're going to get off this podcast, people, and then go talk to your partner or your sister and start telling them everything that we're doing wrong, then guess what? They're going to hate you and say you're a, a kooky hippie person and I'm not going to listen to you. <laughs> it doesn't work, right? No. People feel judged. And and so if you find ways to do it in a really fun, like let the thing speak for itself way, you get the most incredible results. So I've had chats to flight attendants endlessly about this lovely jubbly mug and why I bring my mug and and then we've talked about how um, Qantas is actually working on uh, reducing waste on flights and, you know, it, it's, it has taken me so many places. Everyone always says cute mug instead of, oh, righteous hippie person. Yeah. <laughs> I think we can get creative about things like that. It doesn't need to necessarily be a reusable cup mm. in terms of as a product. Like use anything and yeah. and talking. Buy something a bit outlandish that's and a, funny. That's a really good point. You know, I, one of the questions I was going to ask you was how do we bring these topics up with the people that we love? Because people do get defensive. They feel like you are making a statement about them yes. and you have made shifts. I mean, it happens with diet, it happens with exercise, it happens with everything really. Yeah. But if you did want to introduce the idea, maybe say to your parents who are probably quite stuck in their ways about the cleaning products they have in their home, mm-hmm. what what do you think is a way that you could sort of introduce it without making them feel like they're doing the wrong thing? My favourite way is to communally watch documentaries. Oh, yeah. Because, um, you know, women and I'm presuming high blokes if there are some blokes here but I would presume that there is a majority of, of, of women listening to us right now and um, and the thing we do women is we have 50 tabs open on the internet we become global authorities on on things research down every rabbit hole that we possibly could go down to to make peace with whatever decision we're confronted with it's just what we do men not they don't do that at all they're much more simple streamlined show me the facts great yes no yeah uh, and and we need to recognize that so if we go to them emotionally they're going to put a big barrier up and say oh you you're just being a kooky emotional person like that's that's you know as if it had been on the shelf if it wasn't safe well unfortunately while politicians are able to be paid for their opinion in passing bills in government, then unfortunately there will continue to be unsafe things on our shelves. It's just the way it is. Mm. So the way that we actually teach the people around us without us being the teacher is we let the scientists do the talking. So my favourite thing with my mother-in-law, for example, 
is ABC. Anything on the ABC is fact. (laughs) So I play to her fact, like her, her fact perception and show her things that have been shown on the ABC to help her see where I'm coming from. Yeah. And 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 I find that super effective. With my husband, we watched Food Inc. together. We watched The Human Experiment together. And then I was free to do all the work that I wanted to do on changing our house over because he had an understanding of the why. Yeah. Instead of, um, you know, when we're in an emotional state because we've just learnt this stuff, um, we can be quite emotional and blurty and blunt. Yes. And and not substantiate. Yeah, Yeah. and not substantiate things enough. And people around us need substantiation. I always use the analogy of breakups. Like, um, you know, let's just say the person who's doing the breaking up in, you know, six months' time when they started to realize, "Eh, this is not right for me, we're not a good fit, I can't see this relationship going anywhere. You're thinking about this day after day and how am I going to do it and when am I going to do it and how am I going to break it to them. When you break it to them, that's it. They're expected to just accept this decision they've been confronted with and change their life forever because that's what you're doing. You're changing their life forever. Yeah. It's the same thing with you being the person in the family that discovers all of this stuff. You announce after all this research you've done and all of this stuff you've watched and and all these blogs you've read, you announce that all these changes are going to be made and everybody's just supposed to go along with it. Mm. And does everyone go along with it? No. Are we surprised? Yes. Why? We shouldn't be surprised. (laughs) (laughs) That's a really good analogy. I like that. So watch the documentary together. Don't be the person who watches everything, learns everything, becomes the global authority and then makes the announcements because they they, they, they just drop like a lead balloon. That's so funny. You know, I used to work for Sarah Wilson at I Quit Sugar and I used to tell my dad all the time, I was like, Dad, you know, got to quit sugar. It's really bad for you. And he's really (laughs) health conscious. And he's like, yeah, whatever. I don't even eat much sugar and blah, blah, blah. And it went years and he ignored me and ignored me. And then he called me probably about a year ago and he's like, oh, God, this sugar, it's terrible. I've had to get off it. And I was like, oh, you finally listening to me? And he's like, oh, no, I read this Peter Fitzsimmons book and, you know, he just knows what he's talking about. See, and it's because he saw Peter Fitzsimmons as someone that he respected. Yeah. And it's not that he doesn't respect you. It's just a mateship thing. I get it. I get it. You've got to play to where people are and how they like to digest facts. (laughs) and information so my mother-in-law the example abc documentaries it it just it's perfect every time um and so and it'll be different you know you guys out there will know your family members or friends better than anyone so just have a think about when they come to you with something they've learned and and where they've learned it from just go oh could i find something in that area that they're already reading that blog and you know and and play to their way of of wanting to taking information yeah well I think I mean I think Alex you're a you're a good example of a very well educated don't take this word the wrong way normal person who (laughs) you know is not hippie la la when you look at her you know like I think there's a lot of people out there who would be able to visit low tox and and see the science behind it and you know the education behind it Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, it, we're all just average everyday people wanting to do the best for ourselves, best for our families, best for the planet. Mm. 
And, you know, thankfully, 2017, hello, there's so many options. It is a joy to go low-tox these days. Yeah. Ten years ago, it wasn't so joyful. It was really complicated. And you had to do all the hippie DIY stuff. And, look, I love a couple of DIY things. I make my own body scrub. I make a couple of my own cleaning products. But I, I just I much prefer to support brands that are doing the right thing and save that time for myself. I actually enjoy buying those products instead and so now there's just we're spoiled for choice there's so many beautiful ethical fantastic great value people out there it's amazing now i know you have to go but just quickly if people wanted to um like where where are some stores that people could buy this sort of stuff from do you think or on are there online stores like are there any good big kind of retailers that are starting to stock this low tox Oh, totally. Well, look, you know, you can walk into David Jones these days and pick up Walida and Dr. Bronner, two amazing low-tox brands. You can go into your average health shop. Um, There are still a few brands that I see stocked regularly in health shops that are fake naturals, Mm. Um, things like, uh, you know, a few hormone disruptors and things. And until you're super confident, um, and I will plug the course shamelessly, please. No, do. Put your name down for the next round because it just means for life you have the skills. Um, but until you're super confident, uh, you know, um, health shops can sometimes be hit and miss, unfortunately. But then you've got the amazing Irene from Nourished Life, who is a huge business mm. now with a ridiculously massive range. Yeah. And everything there's safe and they research so, so well and keep up to date with uh, formulation changes, take products off if they've added something dodgy. You know, they're really, really meticulous. Um, so that's probably my favorite place to send people. Um, but then even low-tox ethical gifts, you've got a gorgeous um, couple of uh, smaller stores like Biome or Emporio Organico. Um, Kitza has a, a knack for, um, you know, curating beautiful gifts, finding things like ethical jewellery and, and gorgeous things as well. So, you know, there's there are some beautiful people to support and I'll send you all those links. Oh, that would so be that amazing. So you can send people to nice, safe, gorgeous stores where yeah. you can go forth and, yeah, and go Yeah, people just, just want to trust, right? Like, well, that's it. You just Who's don't want to play a guessing game, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> so if people want to find out more about you and about the course itself, where's the best place for them to go? So the best place to go is obviously lowtoxlife.com and on the home screen you'll see um, all the available e-courses and if they're not running live rounds now, um, you just pop your name down onto the, um, what do you what do you call it? Like wait the, list. Yeah, the wait, it was a wait, wait list. list just sounds a bit kind of It does, of isn't it? Like a, a door bitch, no. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you're not on the wait list. Um, But, yeah, on the expressions of interest. So that means like the next time it's released, I send you a little note to say, hey, it's it's gone live and you can can join the next round. Um, But then, yeah, uh, Low Tox Life podcast on iTunes and Stitcher and also um, Low Tox Life on Instagram. I just keep it really easy. Yeah, love it. Well, thank you so much for chatting to me and putting up with my technical difficulties. I appreciate it. You're very patient. Super welcome. It was a, a joy to chat. I think we all have someone in our lives who would benefit from listening to today's episode. So if you have someone that you think would like to hear more about switching to a low-tox life, share this episode with them. You'd be doing them and the planet a world of good. 
And if you want to come and hang out with me some more, you can find me on Instagram at The Inspired Table or over on Facebook. We actually have a Facebook group called The Inspired Table Podcast. Until next time, I'm Jordana Levine, wishing you an inspirational week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.